This episode is supported by Jace Medical. You may or may not know that in December, drug shortages across the U.S. hit a record high. This is causing severe disruptions in medical treatments, resulting in delays, treatment cancellations, and the unfortunate rationing of vital medications. I know that I have heard in the last few months from multiple mom friends of mine, instances where they have not been able to get medications for themselves or for their children in critical crisis moments. This is so, so scary. I know I've had friends with their kids having seasonal flu cold symptoms, struggling to breathe, and they're at urgent care and unable to get the antibiotics that they need because of these shortages. This is scary stuff. Most notably, one of the short supply antibiotics is amoxicillin, which is commonly used for so many of our children's illnesses. So here's where Jace Medical comes in. They have the Jace case, which is a personalized emergency medication kit that contains five essential antibiotics that are used for the most common and deadly bacterial infections. And you can also customize your case and add additional life-saving medications based on your or your children's family's unique needs, like an EpiPen, for example, something that you would never want to be without, would never want to have to run from pharmacy to pharmacy in pursuit of. So if you want to go get these medications and have your antibiotics on supply so that you always have them when you need them in case of an emergency, in case of a disaster, in case of being a, you know, a victim of this drug shortage, Jace Medical will have you covered. All you need to do is go to jacemedical.com and enter the code SHAMELESS at checkout for a discount on your order. That's promo code SHAMELESS at jacemedical, J-A-S-E medical.com, jacemedical.com, code SHAMELESS. This is the Shameless Mom Academy episode 409. Show notes for this episode, including any links mentioned in the episode, as well as any discount codes from our sponsors, can be found by going to shamelessmom.com and clicking on episode 409. Welcome to the Shameless Mom Academy. I'm your host, Sarah Dean. I'm here to give you and other passionate, driven, unapologetic moms tools, resources, and a little bit of humor to help you lead more positive, powerful, and purposeful lives every damn day. One of the best things about the Shameless Mom Academy is our community. So be sure to join us in our free private Facebook group to connect with other shameless moms just like you. You can find us over at shamelessmom.com forward slash Facebook. All right, let's dive into today's episode. Hello, shameless moms. Happy Monday. I'm pumped to be here with you this week. As always, it's always an honor to be in your ear. And I'm feeling like kind of hitting my stride with the 2020 thing. I am someone who likes to ease into a year. <laughs> do not hit the ground running. And I think that that's the case with many moms. And that also protects us. It protects us from not feeling like we're immediately behind. And it gives us that space and grace to take things on a timeline that's appropriate for us in terms of managing our energy, managing the energy that we have to share with our babes, et cetera, et cetera. So I'm feeling good and feeling like there's some really great momentum this year, which I'm really excited about. So one of my theme words this year, if you were at my plan and prep pajama party a couple of weeks ago, you already know you were privy to the inside scoop. One of my theme words this year is self-trust. So I have three theme words this year, space, impact, and self-trust. And I'm going to talk today about self-trust. I actually did a whole episode about this. So back in episode 391, I talked about why moms lack self-trust. So I'm going to do a little review of that episode. But if you haven't listened, go back and listen. It's a really key episode. I think it's a really important, important conversation and an important thing we need to be considering as we decide to take action in our lives. Because here's the thing, we as women have been taught not to trust ourselves. And this starts at a really, really young age where we are taught to trust other people's insights, opinions, beliefs, much more strongly than our own gut and our own instincts. And this is 
very dangerous. It holds us back from you know, making achievements, but it also holds us back from keeping ourselves safe in certain instances. When we consistently trust other people's judgment over our own, we can get ourselves into some really dangerous territory and many different arenas in our lives. And so I think this is such an important topic. For me, the way this shows up is I want to make sure that I'm really digging into my own self-trust as a leader in 2020, because I want to make sure that I'm doing things that are the right thing for me. And when you are in the space of female entrepreneurs and leadership, and you are in social media the way I am, it's real easy to get distracted by what other people are doing or second guess yourself when you see what other people are doing and think, oh, well, they're doing that. I should switch gears and do that. Or, oh, they said this, which counters what I said. Maybe I should change my opinion. And so I really want to focus on self-trust around believing that I am in the right lane and I need to stay in my lane and believing that my message is the right message and really just trusting that I am doing the right things that I need to be doing, even if everyone around me is doing different things. And sometimes I'm human. Sometimes like everyone else, I get distracted. I see what other people are doing and I think, Ooh, I should shift gears and do that. And that ends up costing me time and energy that I don't have that I can't afford. Like time and energy are real finite in my life. And I know that they are in yours as well. And so I want to build that self-trust to be able to see that opportunity for distraction and be like, Oh wait, Nope, that's not what I'm doing. And also to be able to lean in. And when I see a need for something, a new direction I want to go to listen and say, oh, wait, I do want to go in that direction because it does align with my mission or my values or my message. And so that self-trust in either of those circumstances is really valuable. And that discernment around it is so important. And so I'm really looking forward to digging into self-trust this year in that way. If you want to learn more about self-trust, we're going to definitely be talking about this at Shameless MomCon. So just quick reminder that Shameless MomCon tickets, early bird tickets, buddy tickets are closing on January 30th. So that is only a few days away. I do not want you to miss that opportunity to get in. Early bird tickets and buddy tickets will go away on January 30th. So if you don't have your ticket to Shameless MomCon and you know that you want to be cultivating self-trust and you want to really be learning how to listen inward in order to follow your own path, in order to even learn how to listen in order to figure out what your path is, Shameless MomCon is going to be a really safe, sacred place where you can do that. And there's going to be other women there doing the same thing. There's going to be speakers there that are going to teach you exactly how to do that, which is going to be key. I have such talented speakers coming. So go check out all the information over at shamelessmomcon.com. The event is in Seattle. People are always like, oh my gosh, but it's not in my city. Yes, you're welcome. You get to take a mommy vacation. So yes, you get to fly to Seattle. So many, the majority of our moms are flying in from out of town and taking advantage of this opportunity to have a little mommy vacay. So find a buddy. Your best deal on tickets is to find a buddy, get a buddy ticket, come to Shameless MomCon in Seattle, March 26th through the 28th, and you will definitely cultivate a massive amount of self-trust by attending this event. So go to shamelessmomcon.com to do that. And now let's do a little bit of a review. Why? women lose self-trust and then how to get it back and then how we build it. So what I want to talk about with this is women lose self-trust because we are taught from such an early age not to trust ourselves. We are taught to trust grownups, which obviously is important. Like when you trust your parents to, you know, not let you run across the street in traffic, that's important, right? When you trust your parents to provide you with, you know, appropriate caregivers, that's important. When you trust your parents, when they say like, don't eat that thing that's poisonous, all of that is very important. But the thing is, when we 
also trust adults who say things like, oh, you're such a pretty little girl and you should, you know, you look best in a dress. Then we trust that over like, hey, but I really like to wear the brown corduroy pants. <laughs> and we trust grownups who say like, you know, Uncle Tommy's, he's a really great friend and he's a safe person to keep secrets with. And that's not always true. So we lose early on this ability to trust ourselves because we often have either people or cultural messages through the media teaching us other sources of trust that ultimately overpower our own because we get these influences so, so routinely. And so in the media, especially you're constantly in passive ways inundated with messaging that over time really breaks down your self-trust. And this is, I mean, diet culture is like the perfect example of this, where we are learned to in a passive way, internalize messages that say like, oh, your body is better if it looks a certain way. It, your body is better and more valuable if it's smaller. If your butt is now, so when I was younger, it was if your butt was smaller, now it's if your butt is bigger. You know, when I was in fitness, it was like if you had the six pack, if you were a mom who had a baby and could get the six pack back within, you know, a few months after having your baby, like that made you a more valuable trainer. So this messaging is just so pervasive everywhere. And this constantly breaks down self-trust for a mom who's like, oh, but I, didn't get a six pack after I had a baby. So that means I'm less valuable. So we're constantly onslaughted with these messages. We also lose self-trust by nature in motherhood because we have to put our own needs on hold and ignore them completely when we have babies. And so I know that this is so relatable that for probably the first two years of your first child's life, you never ate when you were hungry. Like you'd be like, well, I'm hungry now, but the baby's screaming. So I'll wait, I'll feed the baby and then I'll feed myself. And sometimes it'd be like two hours later and you'd be like, I still haven't eaten and I'm still hungry, but now the baby pooped everywhere. So now I'm gonna take care of that. So we actually really shut down our own instincts because we have to keep this baby alive. And so that's a necessary part of nature, but it's just one more thing that makes us shut down that ability to listen to ourselves. When we are sleep deprived, this happens like every single mom can probably relate to this when your baby gets to be maybe two to three months old and you've been averaging like four ish, maybe six hours of sleep a night if you're lucky. And you're like, no, I'm fine. I'm not even tired anymore. And you are like so beyond exhausted, but you can't even feel it because you have literally out of self-preservation and protection of your child, you've shut down your own instincts to be able to recognize fatigue. Your partner is like, oh my God, I'm dying. We haven't slept in months. And you're like, no, I'm good. I'm like really hanging in there. I'm doing fine. <laughs> it's so interesting how we can do that. And so there's all these ways that this happens over the course of a lifetime. And as we get into middle age, where then all of a sudden we wake up one day and we're like, I don't know how to listen to myself. I don't know what my instincts are telling me and I don't know how to follow them. And I don't know what my passions are. And I don't know like what I want to have for lunch. Could someone just show up with a plate of food? Cause I don't know what my favorite food is. I don't know what my favorite color is. I don't know what TV shows I like. I just like take in whatever's put in front of me. So if my husband's favorite show is 60 minutes, which mine's is, <laughs> then I'm just like, yeah, sure. That's fine. In my case, it's not fine. I don't, I finally finally was like, actually, I don't like 60 minutes. You can watch that by yourself. <laughs> so we have to like actively sometimes disengage from certain stimulus and be like, wait, I actively do not like that thing. And I am choosing to no longer integrate it into my life. So I want you to just kind of think about some of the instances in which you have let your trust, your self-trust be broken down, or you've shut off that instinct to listen to yourself because we've all done it in different ways. Some of this is through passive unconscious stuff. And some of it is more through, you know, being protective of our kids. And some of it is through potentially violent 
incidents in our lives where other people broke down trust in massive ways. And so I'm speaking specifically around trauma in that specific instance. Okay, so how we build self-trust back up, we have to get quiet, we have to get curious, we have to be kind and compassionate to ourselves. So what all of that means is that you really have to make space to listen to yourself. So that means like not constantly having loud input around you, not constantly having someone else's voice around you. I've been in the habit, I'm sure some of you have too, where like, if you have a moment by yourself, you're like, oh, I'll turn on an audiobook or a podcast to the point that you never have any quiet mental space to think your own thoughts. In order to know what you think and believe, you actually do need some quiet space, (laughs) whether you're getting that on a drive, on your way to and from work, whether you're getting that after you drop the kids off. For me, I get it when I walk home from school. So Vinny and I walk to school and then I get it on the walk home. For me, I also get it during my morning routine, which I'm intentionally loving getting up earlier and earlier. Like a year ago, year and a half ago, I was getting up at 6.15, 6.20. Now it's 5.30. The other day I was like, let's just make it five. <laughs> like, maybe 4.45. Like the more time, the better. So creating those opportunities for quiet space, because when we're in those quiet spaces is where we can get curious and where we can find the capacity to be more kind and compassionate and really treat ourselves the way we would treat our children to say like, oh, hey, you know, you maybe didn't see this thing before, but now that you know better, you can do better because that's how we would treat our children, right? So now that we can see the ways we've stopped listening to ourselves for maybe 40 years, we can say, oh, now I see it. And now that I know better, I'm going to do better. Like no regret about the past, no judgment on the past. But now that I know better, I'm going to do better. Hey there, I'm Debbie Reber, the founder of Tilt Parenting and the author of the book Differently Wired. The mission of Tilt is to change the way neurodivergence whether that's having a learning disability, having ADHD, being gifted, autistic, or some combination of all of the above, is perceived and experienced so differently wired kids and the parents like us raising them can truly thrive. On the Tilt Parenting Podcast, I get to talk with authors, therapists, educators, and parenting experts who are committed to this mission. I ask the questions my listeners are most curious about when it comes to supporting our kids. And in turn, my guests share strategies for challenges, out-of-the-box ideas for navigating school, best practices for therapies, tips for advocating, and so many thoughtful insights on what it really takes to help our kids grow up feeling seen and respected so they can create awesome lives for themselves. I know that raising a differently wired kid can feel overwhelming and isolating, but I promise you, you are not alone, and it can feel so much better. If you're on this parenting journey, come listen to Tilt Parenting. Together, we can shift this paradigm and show up for our exceptional kids with hope, possibility, and joy. I'm Margaret. And I'm Amy. And together we host the podcast, What Fresh Hell? Laughing in the Face of Motherhood. Margaret, I would say you're sort of a where are my keys kind of mom. Correct. Sometimes a where are my kids kind of mom. (laughs) Well, you're Amy more of a we were supposed to leave 35 seconds ago, mom. I mean, touche. In each episode of What Fresh Hell, we come at a topic from our usually completely opposite perspectives. I bring the research. And I bring kind of the gimlet eye. Like, is that research really going to work, people? And almost 10 million downloads later, we're still laughing. We also talk to experts in the parenting field, plus parents with stories we can all learn from. We make each other laugh, we challenge each other's assumptions, and we have what we think is the best parenting community on the internet. Check out What Fresh Hell? Laughing in the Face of Motherhood wherever you listen to podcasts. We also, to build back self-trust, can 
look at when we have been courageous in terms of our achievements over the course of our lifetime. So when have you done hard things? Because we usually don't give ourselves credit for those things. And some of those things are by choice and some are not, but really recognizing where have I shown up for myself and achieved in ways that I set out to or in ways that I had to for survival. And so I know people who are going through really nasty divorces and custody battles right now, and they are having to show up with massive amounts of courage. That's not by choice, but they're doing it. And they're having to lean into self-trust and build self-trust in a massive way to get through that. That's a really big achievement. Other achievements might be like, I ran a marathon or I went for a promotion or put myself up for a raise. And those are achievements that we proactively went after. And those count too. That is all about self-trust, trusting that you're worthy and deserving and qualified. The other thing that we need to do is collect the right kind of evidence. So collecting the right kind of evidence to really show ourselves, oh, wait, I am worthy of trust. And so we're going to talk more about this in a minute. We're going to talk about my circle of trust, which is amazing. So we're talking about the circle of trust in just a minute, because when we collect the right kind of evidence, we can close the confidence gap. So the confidence gap is really the difference between men and women in terms of how we show up in confidence, how we show up in self-trust, how we listen to ourselves. This is not a struggle for men. (laughs) Men don't struggle with knowing like, do I like the macaroni or not? Do I like blue or do I like green? They know because they have been able to lean in and listen to their own instincts their entire lives. They have not been compromised by other people the way women's self-trust has been compromised. And it's not their self-trust has not been compromised by media the way women's self-trust has been compromised by media. So we're going to talk more about the collecting of evidence in a minute. And then you need to be conscientious of those who belittle your truth and your power. So when you want to build back self-trust, you have to really look at who are you listening to? Are you listening to the wrong people? Are you still listening to a parent who your entire life has said, I really don't think you should do that thing. You've never been very good at math. Or I really don't think you should do this. Or, you know, that kind of profession is never going to pay off. You need to get the same job and have it for 40 years or like whatever the thing is. Maybe your parent talked you into your career path. Maybe your parent talked you into marrying the wrong person. Like there's all sorts of things. Maybe your parent talked you into staying in a town or moving to a new town. There's all sorts of things that can happen where we listen to other people's influences. And this often happens in family structures. And we listen to that and put a lot of weight on that at the expense of listening to ourselves. So be really conscientious of those who belittle your truth and your power. This can also happen in work environments. When we have people who are above us, who give us some sort of messaging, some sort of indication that we have done something incorrectly, that we're not stepping up in the right way, that we're not meeting expectations in the right way. And that's, this is often not about the truth. It's about someone else's agenda, but we internalize it as the truth, as a judgment on our own ability, on our own capability on our own strength, on our own gifts and talents, when in reality, it's about someone else trying to further themselves over you and be in competition with you, or just further their own agenda, which could be in competition with your agenda. So that's how you build back self-trust. That was all like a super quick overview. So go back and listen to that episode 391 to get like the deeper dive on all of all of that. And then what I want to talk about now is the circle of self-trust, what that looks like. So there's two versions of this, and this is how we close the confidence gap. This is how we build that confidence that we know we want, we desire, we crave, we watch other people with it. And we're like, how do they get there? How do they walk down the street and just know that they're awesome? This is how we start to close that confidence gap. So there's two versions of this. There's a circle of self-trust version one. There's the circle of self-trust version two two. And for each of these, there's five steps or five kind of an order of five things that happen in this cycle. So I want you to imagine this in a circle. This is a circular 
thing. I will actually share an image of this on social media so that you can see after this episode goes live. But for now, just be as visual as you can to imagine this circle, this loop system and how it is reinforced. So in the first circle of trust, circle of trust version one, this is going to be our positive circle of trust, our positively reinforced circle of trust. So circle of trust version one, you have an action step. So you take an action step and you experience a win. So maybe your action step is you decide that you're going to start running because you want to do a half marathon this year. So you go out for your first run and you run, you know, for 10 minutes or 15 minutes and you come home and you're like, wow, that was really hard, but holy cow, I did it. So that's a win. You experience a win and you're like, yes, like check that box. I'm feeling good. So the second part of the circle is experiencing the win. The third part of the circle, moving down the circle, is that now you have a sense of hope and validation. So you're like, wow, I did this thing. I was worried I couldn't do it, but I did it. And now I feel validated that like, holy cow, I actually can be a runner. And I have hope that if I can run for 10 minutes, maybe I could run for 20 next time. So we have that hope and validation. The next step is we see potential. Well, if I can get out the door and run 10, 15 minutes today, possibly in six months, I could run a marathon or a half marathon. Possibly this could be something that could have a great cumulative or exponential effect. That's really exciting. And then the final step of the circle is we experience elevated courage. So then the next time we go out to go running, we're like, you know, I did 15 minutes last time. I'm going to go for 20 minutes this time and see what happens. So we have this elevated sense of courage. Like I'm going to try a little bit more and see what happens. And that takes us to the next action step. So that's completes the loop. Now we go back to the next action step, which is running the 20 minutes. So we're running a little bit more the next time. So that can show up in a whole bunch of different ways. So when I first started the podcast, my action step was you know, I launched the show. So this is a little bit of a bigger overview. I launched the show and I started getting positive feedback in my reviews. So that was the win I experienced. When I got that positive feedback in my reviews, I was like, okay, hope and validation. Like, yes, people are listening. And this makes me hopeful that I can do this, that this is something that will have impact. And then I could see the potential. I could see the potential that if people are listening and people are positively impacted, this could go somewhere. And then elevated courage. Well, if people are impacted and they're listening and they're liking it, I mean, could I like build a business around this? Could I take it to the next level? Could I actually become a coach and coach in this context instead of just coaching in my gym context and my local business? Elevated courage, right? So then my next action step was to actually offer a program and invite people into a coaching opportunity with me through the podcast. So that was a circle of self-trust right there, an example from me from launching the show. So I want you to think about how you can use that circle of self-trust and go through those steps. So I'll repeat the steps again. So step one is action step. Then number two is experience a win. Number three is feel validation and hope. Four is see potential. Five is experience elevated courage, which takes you right back to one, which is the next action step. So that's the circle of self-trust version one. The circle of self-trust version two is where we often find ourselves. This is when things don't go according to plan. So here, the circle of self-trust version two starts again with an action step. So we have an action step. So let's say you decide, hey, I want to apply for a new job. This job is not serving me. It's making me just completely out of sorts. It's not in alignment with my core values. It's sucking all my energy. It's making me not the person I want to be. So your first action step is I'm going to apply for a new job. 
So you apply for the new job. That's the action step, the application. You send in that application, you apply for the new job, and you miss the goal. So that's the next piece of it. Missed goal. You get the call and they say, hey, you know, thanks for the interview, but we've decided to go with someone else and you are no longer a candidate for this position. So the next piece, the next phase of that circle of self-trust is going to be feeling defeated and frustrated and small. If you're a parent, I invite you to join us at the Mindful Mama podcast, where it's all about becoming a less irritable, more joyful parent with sometimes hilarious and always thought-provoking experts and friends. At Mindful Mama, we know that you cannot give what you do not have. And when you have calm and peace within, then you can give it to your children. I'm Hunter Clark Fields, and I can't wait to see you there. Listen in to the Mindful Mama podcast. When it comes to raising kids, there's so much to consider. Things like, what do we feed them? When do we feed them? How do they sleep? What does it look like to raise kind kids? How does their nervous system work? How do I keep myself calm? What are my triggers? There's so much that comes into play. And we are distilling all of that information for you at Voices of Your Village podcast, where we bring experts in the field of early childhood and education and psychology and across the board so that you don't have to comb the internet for information. You get to show up and hang out and have shame-free, judgment-free conversations and insights into what it looks like to raise kind, empathetic, emotionally intelligent humans. I'm Alyssa Blask Campbell. I have a master's degree in early childhood education. I'm a mom of two, and I am walking this journey right alongside you doing this work. Come hang out with me at Voices of Your Village, and we can dive into real conversations with actionable tips. Okay, now here's the important part. The next phase of that circle of self-trust is to recognize like, oh, that sucks. I'm frustrated. I'm feeling just totally disappointed. And also, I'm going to remember my self-worth. So that's the next phase, self-worth. So this thing that happened is not a reflection of my value. This thing that happened is not a reflection of my skills. This thing that happened is not a reflection of my full potential or what I'm capable of or what my next step can be or any of those things. So I catch myself and I check myself and I remember my self-worth. I didn't get this because someone else was a better candidate. Maybe they were more qualified. Maybe they knew someone who knew someone, maybe it could be a million different things that might have to do with me and they might not. I'm still worthy of going after what I want. I'm still capable of doing better professionally and finding something that's in alignment with my core values or speaks my truths or allows me to serve in a way that I want to serve or have the impact I want to have. And then the next phase of this is that you identify the lessons learned and you own your power. So you look at it critically and say, okay, so I'm still worthy and I'm still an awesome person. And now I'm going to look at my lessons learned and look like, hey, you know, I wonder if for my next cover letter, I could spin it this way. Or I wonder if I could, you know, get my resume a little bit more built up. Or I wonder if I could lean on some of my connections of my network a little bit more and find something even better than this first option. And so you identify lessons learned, you own your power and you're like, cool, I got this. I'm going to go find another opportunity that's even better. This one wasn't the right one for me. And then you go to your next action step. You reach out to that connection at that big company, or you reach out to your girlfriend who works for whoever, who you've always wanted to work for. And then you've completed the circle of trust. So this circle of trust involves missing the goal. So you don't actually hit that first win and you don't have the hope and the validation. Instead, you miss the goal. You feel small, frustrated, and defeated. And then you catch yourself and you check yourself. So a real world example for me on this 
would be when I wanted to be on more stages, I kept applying for speaking engagements and not getting them. So the action step was apply for speaking engagement. The missing the goal piece would be all the responses that I got that were like, yeah, we decided you're not the right fit for this or whatever, or even not getting responses. I cannot tell you how many times I have applied to speak at events, primarily women run events, by the way, and I've never gotten an indication one way or the other if they've accepted me. All of a sudden you just like see the speaker page listed and you're like, well, I guess they're not choosing me, which I think is total BS for women run events to not respect the time that women put into applying to get on stage and applying to shine and applying to show up in that way. I think it's so disrespectful and such a disservice, but that's a whole other issue an episode and soapbox. So anyway, action step, apply to speak, miss goal, don't get the speaking gig, immediately feel small, frustrated, defeated, like that phase of disappointment. And then remembering my self-worth. So this has happened like in the last year where I've had to be like, you know, I have like 300, you know, I can think of an example from a year ago. At that time, I had 300 some episodes. I have 300 podcast episodes. I have at that time, I probably had 500 some reviews on iTunes of people saying they love the show. There's plenty of proof out there that what I do matters and that my voice matters and that I'm actually am a speaker who can speak with impact. So I'm going to remember that. And then I'm going to take my lessons learned. And my lessons learned were, it takes a lot of time to apply for speaking gigs. And so is it worth it to continue to try to find the right things or should I just build my own stage? That's literally how Shameless Mom Con came to be, is that I went through the circle of self-trust that started with an action step of applying to speak other places, having repeated missed goals of not being selected, repeatedly feeling small, frustrated and disappointed and defeated, and repeatedly remembering my self-worth in order to identify the lessons learned and own my power and take the next step, which that one of those next steps last year was creating Shameless MomCon so that I could build my own event and I could be on the stage and talk for as long as I dang well pleased. So the circle of self-trust here is where the goal is missed and you learn from that experience and you go and you take the next action step that keeps you moving in the right direction and that keeps you focused on the goal you still know that you're qualified to go after. So this is a circle of self-trust that manifests in two different ways when you hit a goal or where you miss a goal. Either way, you can leverage this to keep moving, to keep being in forward momentum and to keep developing self-trust, to keep doing that check-in with yourself to recognize just because something didn't go my way does not mean all the things my dad said about me my whole life are true. Just because something didn't go my way does not mean that that thing my boss told me five years ago is true. None of that needs to be true. I just need to check myself and take responsibility for that. So in this circle of self-trust, the steps again are action step, missed goal, feeling defeated, frustrated, and small. Then this is the important part. Check yourself, remember your self-worth, identify the lessons learned and own your power. And then that takes you right back to the top, back to that next action step. So that's your two circles of trust, version one, version two, where One of them, you get a quick win and one of them, you get a loss. And either way, you still get to create momentum around the win or the loss in order to move forward, in order to have forward momentum, in order to have progress. So, so important. It is progress, progress, progress. And in in order to have consistent progress, you will have to consistently reframe things in your mind and consistently lean into that self-trust, lean into, wait a minute. 
I am qualified. Even if someone else says I wasn't qualified for this, that doesn't mean I'm not qualified to do the thing I want to do. It doesn't mean that I can't show up in this way. It doesn't mean that I am not capable of the next step. So that's what I want you to really think deeply about when you look at how you're going to lean into self-trust in 2020, how you're going to show up in those spaces and really listen inward to lean into the things that you want to do and go build the things that you want to build. And in order to build a more beautiful year, how are you going to learn to trust yourself and actively work on self-trust in order to go after the things that you want, knowing that there will be missed goal after missed goal after missed goal, and you can still end up on top that missing the goals are still part of the progress. And that never has to be the end game. That never has to be the, the showstopper or the deal breaker. So I want to know how this was helpful. I want to know what resonated with you. So definitely continue this conversation over on social media. Tag me as you share the episode out so that I can respond. And thank you for listening. And if you listened and heard me talk about Shameless MomCon and you're like, yeah, I got to be there. What is she even talking about? Go get yourself a ticket. Check it all out. There's a handful of buddy passes left. If you go to shamelessmomcon.com and you get yourself tickets by January 30th, you're going to get our best pricing. Pricing goes up on the January 30th. Buddy tickets go away on January 30th. So go get yourself tickets today over at shamelessmomcon.com. Thank you so much for joining me in the Shameless Mom Academy today. I really, really appreciate you being here and I hope you learned something new. As always, this conversation will be continued over in our free private Facebook group. You can join that group by going to shamelessmom.com forward slash Facebook to connect with other shameless moms just like you. Additionally, if this is your first time listening to the show, know that we are here every Monday and Wednesday with a brand new episode. So make sure you subscribe, go to whatever podcast app you use and subscribe to the show so you never miss an episode. You can do that directly if you go to shamelessmom.com forward slash review that will put you in Apple Podcasts where you can click on the subscribe button and you can also leave a review. If you scroll down a little bit, you can leave a five-star review. You can write a few sentences letting me know what you thought about the show. If you let me know how the show has impacted you in becoming a more shameless mom, you might be nominated to be Shameless Mom of the Week. Also, please share this episode. My goal is to help more mamas be more shameless every damn day. So please do share this episode. You can take a screenshot of the episode on your phone and then share it out on social media. Tag me at the Shameless Mom Academy on Facebook or Instagram. I'm quick to reply and eager to send you Facebook love and love to be connected to all of you. So again, thank you for being here. I can't wait to be back here again with you in just a couple days. And until then, no matter what you do today, make sure you do it shamelessly. Real truth alert, pregnancy, birth, and having a baby isn't all sunshine and rainbows. I wish it were, but the reality is that many people struggle and suffer through this time without the right help or even knowing what they're dealing with. I'm perinatal psychologist, Dr. Katayun Kayeni, also known as Dr. Kat. My podcast, Mom and Mind, aims to shine a light on the difficult reality that so many hopeful and new parents experience and raise the volume on how we can better support mental health, which is a big part of our overall health. Episodes include personal stories from people who have healed through things like pregnancy and postpartum anxiety, depression, PTSD, and so much more. 
I also talk with specialists and experts who explain and educate on these conditions. All of this to support parents to know that they are not alone, that healing is possible, and there are resources that can help you today. Listen into Mom and Mind and walk with me through the world of perinatal mental health.